These are real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so mm -hmm. they can't appreciate, yeah. It's difficult dealing with our minds, and the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. Sometimes you need somebody to just give you permission. And I think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. Not only did this help me to write it, it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. People just want to know that they're, they just want to know that they're safe to talk and share these things. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Open Journal podcast. I hope you're well. Hope things are good for you. I'm delighted to say in this episode, Emma is going to be joining us once again. We're going to be kind of following on from our previous conversation. We're going to reflect a little bit on awareness days and also trigger warnings versus content warnings, particularly in mental health content. We're also going to be hearing about what's been going on with Emma recently, um, some insights into her own experiences with mental health illnesses, but also some successes and projects as well, which was really interesting to hear about. So a big thank you to Emma for coming back, making time and also for sharing once again. We do reflect, as I said, on some of the projects that uh, Emma has been part of and the campaigns. We also briefly talk about mental health blog awards as well so some really nice insights from someone that's been part of the awards for a long time as well a big thank you once again to everyone for listening and subscribing and supporting the podcast if you do enjoy this episode which hopefully you do please do leave a five-star review and some feedback uh, on your podcast platform of choice it really does help other people discover the podcast and the conversations and signposting that are happening here as, as part of our discussions if you're interested in me, guess yourself in the future, have a look on the website, which is openjournalbc.com. Thank you so much for supporting. And again, thank you to Emma for sharing. Here's our conversation. Emma, it's lovely to be sat down with you. It feels sort of artificial to stop and then do a, an intro when we've been sat chatting for 20 minutes. Um, but how are you and how's your week going? I am, yeah, I'm well, thanks. Uh, it's, it's only Tuesday. I don't know what to say on that. Um, <laughs> I guess, how, was, how was your weekend? <laughs> uh, it was actually a lot busier than I planned, uh, which was nice. Um because uh, it wasn't planned, it was very spontaneous stuff, um, which often tends to be a bit more fun, really, because I'm not a very spontaneous person. So when it does happen, it's quite quite exciting. And so yeah, it was like I said, um, shame I didn't get to see you, and we probably did cross paths at some point. Uh, yeah, I think we must have. <laughs> I, I feel like we were very near. There'll be. Um, it's one of those things where you feel like, oh, if there were more pictures. Yes you'd be in the background of someone else's picture <laughs> or something like that um, I always think that I'm like I wonder how many photos I'm in that sounds really like mm. really uh vain but yeah it's very interesting thought 
we, we always do this just go off on a random no. tangent but no well you say that <laughs> yeah or, or the the unplanned thoughts and conversations yes, yeah. um we had i had a conversation with laura i think we'd been do we've been going maybe been going out for like six six months or something like that um and pride kind of came up and was part of our conversation and um we both mentioned that we'd been to Portsmouth Pride the year before yeah. um and I said oh it was like the year that I'd done the most like photography and filming and stuff because I was like oh I still didn't really know how I wanted to like have event coverage and things like that so I took loads of um film and I was like, there must be some there. Like if you were there and she was with her friend and part of um, the Christians for Pride mm -hmm. bit in the parade. And I was like, if you were in the parade, there's no way that you're not in <laughs> something. And I went back through and she's in like two clips, like not for very long, yeah. only for like sort of three or four seconds. But I was just like, oh, it's so weird. Like probably about four months before we met, we were both at this event together not knowing each other and doing our own thing and it's oh, funny because like when that. that happens and then you go like who are all the people like we might have had this weekend that like around you and you just don't notice them because you haven't had that first conversation yeah. or you do know them but you're not both there for the same thing um yeah it's really interesting yeah. i think if you you only need to have one or two of those situations to sort of open your eyes to like this could be happening all the time well you're, you're giving me a bit of faith that Maybe one day I'll meet someone. <laughs> <laughs> they could be in the background of one of your pictures oh already. <laughs> Just go through all my millions of photos and be like, right, I've got to find one of you. <laughs> Who's it going to be? <laughs> oh, dear. I guess the you. Does it mean you increase your chances if you have more pictures? Or, <laughs> or, you're, or you've got more people to sort of filter through? I think what's really sad, though, thinking about it is that most photos are these days either of myself or my cat so not much luck there really oh yes that is, <laughs> that, that is gonna limit your, your <laughs> field of possible potential <laughs> <laughs> oh dear how is the cat yeah she's uh as vocal as ever and just being her usual <clears throat> wild self loving the sun obviously um yeah i can't believe it she's nine yeah wow i know it's wild how many have you got now i swear every time i see photos like they're growing there's like, a different one in the yeah. picture <laughs> we've had we've always had three um but they're they're so different so the we've got two boys and one girl and the two boys are quite I'd say quite homely mm. like I'd be quite surprised if they go more than sort of one house in either direction um but the girl Millie used to roam quite a lot so she'd go off for days like there'd be occasions where she'd be gone for like a week and then come back <laughs> um but I think last year um last year I think she she got picked up by like cat rescue twice um but when i found out where she'd been picked up she was like not really that far away i think it's just because she's quite a scrawny slender cat <laughs> um and she'd probably just roamed off we've tried collars on her but they they last like a day yeah. <laughs> um so i think she'd just been more 
kind of found and handed in even though she wasn't that far from home and she would have been fine and just come back but this year she hasn't gone I don't think she's gone anywhere for longer than a day um and we're like is it because she's getting she's obviously more settled but also is she getting older because I think all of ours are sort of between um 11 and 12 now I think um so like how is she just older and she's not going to do that where she roams and she's gone for like a week a week and a half or even a couple of days actually she's quite happy just chilling in the garden now um but yeah they're 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 enjoying the warmer weather they're out basking in it sometimes or seeking the shade yeah um you're really annoyed with her sometimes it's not her fault but like if i'm having a busy day at work and she's just it's, it's just the look on her face, the way she's lying mm-hmm. there, like everything's so difficult. <laughs> and like she's got the weight of the world on her shoulders. And I'm just like, you're literally doing nothing. You're just. <laughs> Do you have. Because you're, you're like me, you're someone that does a lot of work at home. Mm-hmm. Um, how are you with like a cat on the keyboard? <laughs> um, like, I feel like they don't sit on the keyboard, but there's quite a lot of walking across it <laughs> or just like why 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 is this little box getting all your attention (laughs) yeah seriously it's always I always have to warn people that the first call of the day she will pipe up like she could Mm. be fast asleep somewhere but as soon as there's that first call she's just there screaming her head off um (laughs) she'll calm down after a while but yeah it's that thing of like who are you talking to and why can't I hear them or see them um so if anything I must just look a bit bit odd to her really just kind of staring at the screen talking um yeah when when she can't hear anyone else or see anyone else um (laughs) but yeah she oh well actually my interview for my my job now um Mm. it was over teams and I'd never done that before uh so I found it really nerve-wracking um Mm. It was a very strange experience also because at the time I had awful internet um, and I was like I don't want this to be a thing that makes me look really bad because my internet keeps dropping out and stuff but that was all going fine and then (laughs) Kiki thought it'd be a really great idea to just run as fast as she could towards my work desk um, but misjudged it completely and just like headbutted and went flying so I just I kind of half laughed half kind of put my hand over my mouth in shock and both the people interviewing me were just like what was that noise are you okay and I was just like I'm so sorry my cat's just basically you know head butted the desk and gone flying across the room um and they were just both kind of looking at me like okay I was just like oh god if this is the reason I don't get my job (laughs) (laughs) see that on the feedback form (laughs) As angry cats. Luckily, uh, they're both pet owners and they were like, we completely understand. It's fine. Mm. Um, but yeah, it was just when you're already that nervous. Yeah. And then something like that happens. <laughs> the remote interviewing, I think, is such a like a, a modern skill to have oh, as well. Gosh, I think it's so yeah. tricky. I remember we had um uh we had a role that was hybrid interviewed for mm-hmm. so that they they came into the room and there were 
two of us in the room, but also one person joining online on a massive TV screen. Yeah. So their panel was like two people in person and then this one person that's somewhere else. Uh And I remember asking afterwards and I was like, how, like, what was that experience like? Because obviously it's slightly different where the third panel person isn't in the room and it's different for looking, engaging reactions and stuff. And um, they'd said, actually the person on the tv screen was the best because um that was more comfortable and more relaxed and actually I was more nervous about there being people in the room mm. and it's like oh you, you get in your head or I'd got in my head like oh this is the thing that's different is the person being on the screen and that's the thing that someone might be most nervous about yeah. when actually they were like no no that, like, that was fine like there could have been three tv screens that would have been fine <laughs> <laughs> you just you don't always know like how people are going to respond to that or what's going to be the more or what's going to be easier or more difficult for different people sometimes yeah definitely I think you know it's if if anything good has come from COVID is is obviously the fact that we we can adapt and there's so many different options for people to do things you know especially work and interviews and everything um yeah I just I as someone who spends a lot of their life online uh I never realized how difficult it would be to do a remote interview um yeah I I think I definitely prefer the in-person experience um because I can I I really struggle if I can't read people well Mm. um Mm. and 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 with the cues as well so if there is a slight delay and then someone goes to say something, but then I say it at the same time, and then I start panicking because <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, yeah, I find that really hard. So I, I find it a lot easier to be, yeah, with people and seeing their body language and everything. But uh, I can understand mm. for a lot of people, it's definitely a, a better option and an easier option. Mm. So yeah, it is interesting, and like you say, I think it's really good that we kind of have more of those opportunities to engage and work in different ways and I'm I really appreciate now that there are a lot of places that have kept or tried to adapt that sort of online or remote offer Um, and it hasn't just gone back to like everything is in person now it's like okay some things can be in person but also we have just spent sort of two or so years proving (laughs) you know online does work like you've just got to allow it to work to some extent like it's there and it functions um it's just being open to that and not just immediately defaulting back to oh it this interview or this job or this activity or this event has to look like this and this is what it should look like yeah definitely it's um i don't i don't know how we did it like (laughs) i i remember when i went back to the office near enough full time at my old job um we didn't have to but I just I kind of appreciated Mm. getting back out and seeing a few people um but yeah the fact that we used to do that five days a week you know nine to five um and it, it was just so exhausting and I just I don't understand how we ever did it and Mm. how people can kind of expect to go back to that um I mean I was quite fortunate with that place that it was like a 15 minute stroll down the road so it wasn't like I was heavily commuting but yeah it's just 
I don't, yeah, I really don't know how we did it. <laughs> it feels like such a miss now as well, though, doesn't it? Mm. Like all of the benefit, well, all of some of the benefits that that exist. Like I, I just, I feel, I think like you, like I miss some of the, like the social side of yeah. being around other people in the office but I also feel like that's really helpful for me for like thinking time to be around other people and be a bit more creative but in terms of just kind of getting things done Mm -hmm. I get a lot more done at home and I think that's one of the things I found a bit more tricky now is it's in my head I can be at home and get x amount done but if I go into the office that in my head like I'm immediately down to like 20% productivity is about to happen because there's all these other distractions and opportunities to check in with other people about things I wouldn't check in with um, otherwise and it's just managing that time slightly differently Um, but yeah it's it's a real working out process isn't it as well I think for us as individuals but also if you kind of manage projects or teams as well it's really tricky because you're you've got to kind of take in take into mind or into account like how other people work and what their preferences are and how it works alongside what you're trying to achieve yeah definitely and considering it as like a a whole team as well um Mm. because yeah obviously there are some people who are fine with just being back in the office life quite regularly but um yeah that's not the same for everyone so it is it's finding that balance that keeps everyone working well together and working at a a happy pace um yeah I think I'm still getting my head around it now it's but like you said I think it's, it's that a nice place to be in though because you've gone oh I'm still working it out so you're more open to being flexible rather than going oh we're now in this situation this is now how I'm going to work and being maybe a bit fixed whereas I feel like that's when you said oh can you imagine looking back now <laughs> oh five days a week going in at, and it's like well that's just because that's what happened like can you you could oh, yeah I guess you could have but I feel like very few places would have been open to you saying in the past um well actually I feel like I'd get a lot more work done at home so what I'd like to do is work at home three or four days a week and then one or two days I'll come in so I can pick up resources or meet with people or kind of check in on other things but I I, predominantly I think I'm gonna work at home like I just most places would not have let you do that no not at all they would have just been like what are you talking about um (laughs) it's I mean well that's the thing I I wouldn't be able to even have the job I have now if it wasn't for flexible working and having that opportunity um like financially mentally physically I literally could not do my job um Mm. and yeah I'd I'd be where I was previously um and so yeah I'm, I'm really fortunate and grateful that that it does exist um but I, I'll never be one of those people that gets to a point there where you know if it, if it did become a thing where they kind of did start to kind of crack down on it um I'd, I'd hope there'd be the discussions <clears throat> and kind of reasonings for why it would need to be mm. that way again but um yeah I think I'd very much kind of 
have to put my foot down and be like, well, okay, then I'm gone. <laughs> so, I think it's it's really tricky, isn't it? Because you also you're getting things like now. I don't know about you, but like there'll be times in the year when it's particularly hot. Mm-hmm. Uh, or particularly cold or there are other things going on that mean you know your work environment needs to be thought about a little bit more and it might be around different health things that are going on for us as well like if we're having a particularly um, difficult time when we're like I can get on and I can do work but maybe I'm not looking after myself in the most kind of best way or whatever Um, like homeworking allows you positively or negatively allows you the opportunity you take the responsibility for your work environment if i'm cold and i need a blanket i've got to get myself a blanket if i you know want to have some circular i open the window you um do a bit more for yourself i think when you remote work or work yeah definitely whereas (laughs) if i was in the office and i said oh you know like it's really cold we need to turn the heating on it's really warm we need to get a a fan going or can less people be in here because it's too noisy Mm or do you know it's absolutely roasty and I want to wear my inappropriately short shorts (laughs) (laughs) you've just got more scope when you're at home and I think I remember seeing I think early date like after one of the it might be like the second lockdown there were lots of companies that were I don't want to say able because they were able to do it before but were willing to hire more people with kind of um different working needs or requirements yeah. um and they were saying oh look like the the amount of people that are currently in work is, is so much higher because you know workplaces don't have to have resources equipment or facilitate facilities to accommodate these people they're accommodating themselves at home and they're doing <laughs> kind of that bit of work yeah um, and I think that's the scope of if, you know, societally, we went back to everyone's in the office. It's like, well, OK, so are we removing all of those extra benefits that basically people have made for themselves? Like I've, you know, if you've got your own little laptop shelf or you've got your own key, like those extra things that you might be providing yourself. Yeah. Is your workplace going to suddenly provide those or is it just now not as kind of suitable for you in terms of the environment yeah definitely and there's other things as well like just I mean aside from having COVID again um my sick days have gone down so much um Mm. since being this like working a lot more from home um because yeah I do have the time to look after myself and slow down and focus more on my sleep and my diet and just my general well-being really um Mm. you know just being able to pace myself more at lunch and go for a walk and oh even like because I I live for hospital and doctor's appointments um (laughs) but (laughs) but knowing that I have the flexibility and time to go to those and not panic about maybe having to take like half a day off because of Mm. you know having to get from one place to another um yeah just knowing that I can get to them easily and it's it's fine and then it's easier for me to make up the hours because I'm just working Mm. from home so I can just kind of do it as and when it's needed just as long as the work's getting done I don't see why it should ever be 
a massive issue. Obviously, there are certain roles where you kind of need to be there. Um, <laughs> you know, being a pilot, it would probably be a bit difficult if you didn't show up. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Just see all, all these buses driving themselves. <laughs> you know what? It's going to happen at some point. <laughs> um but yeah, and like you said, it, it opened up so many opportunities for so many different people because as much as people want to not admit it and shy away from it, ableism is still a massive thing <laughs> in our culture. Mm. Um, mm. And it's it's opened up opportunities for so many people with chronic conditions and disabilities, um, you know, yeah, and, and mental health diagnosis and neurodivergence, like it's kind of been endless and I think a lot of places are still doing it well and doing it right and I hope that it continues to be a thing because if anything as well I'm sure it's not just me Covid kind of put you off being around people because it kind of mm. <laughs> it made you realize mm. how many people don't really care about hygiene um mm. <laughs> and, uh considering other people as well um it was it was yeah I think that was a big culture shock for me traveling to London for the first time post COVID. Mm. Um, very daunting. Uh, I'm kind of used to it now, but it's, it's incredible how many people just have gone back to ways of, yeah, not like coughing, not covering their mouths, and well, just traveling when they're clearly incredibly ill. And I mean, like sweating, pale coughing yeah, their lungs I'm, up ill and I'm just kind of like why <laughs> I think that's one of the big shifts I feel like you're right there's definitely still some people going around like that but it feels like there's a lot more willingness to sort of lean into that um like if you are unwell like just don't come into work yeah or just don't come to this thing um and I think it still feels worded quite a lot around COVID. There's not many things I've seen that kind of are just just generally, if you don't feel well, it's still sort of loosely tied into COVID. So I don't know if there's a reason for that. That it's like, oh, if you've if you've got symptoms of this, I'm like, yeah, what about like any other flus or viruses? <laughs> yeah. Like maybe just the same thing. You know, flu the thing that actually kills quite a lot of people on a yearly yeah, basis. Like just maybe don't come to this thing or be near me um yeah yeah but yeah it definitely feels I'd say like you're I've got to actively choose to want to be in a like a bigger crowded environment mm -hmm. where you go oh like there's this event on and there are more people here because it's a big event and I want to go to that so I'm willing to be there rather than you know you're just walking down the high street or you are somewhere that's quite busy and there's quite a lot of people and you're like oh, I just I yeah no thanks <laughs> like, I'm going somewhere else I don't need to be right here um I definitely feel like that feels like something that I think a lot of people are kind of feeling that but it's something that I definitely noticed of going uh this is this is quite busy and I don't particularly like I'm just here because I'm here I can I'm quite happy to go somewhere else so mm -hmm. I'm going somewhere else yeah I think um without like Megali jumping like one of the <laughs> um I mean we are going to Megali jump now um but following on from kind of our last conversation when even um, was that I can't remember yeah so I, I'm 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 definitely getting better at this thing 
but I'm not always doing it, which I haven't done it this time, <laughs> is trying to remember when people come back. I'm like, oh, I should go back and find out, like, when was the last time they're on? <laughs> and I can say, like, back in May, whatever year. Um, but I have noticed that I feel like I do it, like, one in three times I should do it. <laughs> I'm still not quite there with the, like, oh, yeah, do remember to go back and check. <laughs> And there's also a spell, which I'm fairly convinced you might have been in, where I didn't put, like, the guest's name in the titles. So I can't even, like, skim through and just look at titles. You need to read, like, some of the descriptions as well. So I've not made it easy for myself there. Um, But definitely, I think it's fair to say, over a year. Yeah, because I was just thinking, I, I just, I suddenly had a memory of us talking about something to do with COVID. So it must have been. I, yeah, I, I don't want to say two years because oh, I don't think well, that's right. Well, not to brag, but I had won, I think, my award. So. <laughs> what year did you win That was award? 2021. So. There you go. Yeah. Good, good prompt. Actually, I think it was so, 2021 that we spoke. So maybe a year and a half, possibly. Yeah, two years. I'm sure <laughs> everyone potentially listening to this is really fascinated by us trying to work out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this is the key bit of the oh, conversation. Definitely. <laughs> um, <laughs> I feel like we should uh, we should focus more on the fact you brought in some relevance to the <laughs> mental health blog awards there and really draw on that rather Welcome. than the, the, the jumping around. <laughs> um, yeah, I think uh it's a really interesting point as well because not only did you win an award that year but you were kind of like a big part of the the event growing and and over time kind of shifting into kind of a new version where it's online having supported like the in-person side as well um like how was kind of that experience of of kind of seeing that change because there's not a huge there were a few people that were in person and have also kind of been part of the online uh, event as it has now become but kind of what was that journey like having been part of the kind of the early days um it was I I definitely missed it being in person um Mm. but as we were kind of just saying about that that shift and, and accessibility um it was definitely great that I feel more people could appreciate it and possibly join because they knew it was online. Um, mm. Especially in, you know, in that community you're talking about and and I think majority of us experiencing some form of a mental health struggle, um, it can be incredibly daunting turning up to a, an event uh, with mm. a ton of people you don't know. Um, I act incredibly extroverted, but deep down, I am a very terrified person. Um, and <laughs> going to events like that, even if I know people, um, mm. yeah, is is very very daunting. Um, so I think yeah, having that option is is absolutely incredible. Um, it's just I think just being in person, it does have that. There's a certain feel about it that you can't can't really replace with it being online um just that I don't know that real connection (laughs) that you get um but yeah I I sadly missed it last year yeah last year 
Um, I know, I was, I was on such a streak. Wins an award and then disappears. I know, I've just like, put it now, guys. <laughs> I don't need to do anything anymore. Um, <laughs> so you later. Um, but no, I, uh, I, I do definitely still, still very much want to be involved with it because, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's something that, oh, I feel like it's been a big part of my life. Um, mm. Yeah, I've been there from the beginning. Um, I can't even remember when this last year. I know there was a reason I wasn't just being rude. Um, <laughs> but There were a couple of people, I think, that had other projects and campaigns that were running around the same time. And I think it's quite possible because I know you're um, quite involved with a, a number of other local community projects as yeah, well. Yeah, it was a busy year. That it might, <laughs> I think it could have very well been that because, yeah, there are a couple of people that have kind of regularly been part that weren't able to mm. sort of join us or be quite as active last year because we overlapped with um quite a few things and I think because last year was kind of the first post-covid-ish summer um that people could do things as well so I think there's a bit of a mixed um more people want to go out and do things and get involved with with what's going on so the idea of kind of spending that extra time on a Saturday indoors um for the event I I think kind of clashed with a lot of priorities for people which which is fair yeah, enough. I think definitely. like you I'd say I, I, I mega miss um like that environment mm-hmm. of the kind of the community in person like it's such a shame not to have that but I think as you said like we, we we've said kind of 20 minutes ago of once you kind of open your eyes to how much more inclusive or how much more accessible um those kind of spaces yeah um can be online it's really hard to come back from that unless you're you know spending mega money on sort of a hybrid version of an event where there's something in person and at the same time someone else is kind of hosting the online part of that it's so tricky to replicate and I think that's where kind of looking forward I'd, I'd really like if there's ways to sort of promote more like mini local meetups or mm-hmm. things for people um and i think there are kind of by being online there are more people joining from across um sort of different places in the uk but also abroad and um if we can somehow help or encourage those local get-togethers um hopefully that works for people and then kind of minimizes the traveling things but yeah i agree like I do miss it Mm -hmm. um I sort of you almost want someone else to come into that space and go oh look we're going to host like these mega events or whatever um and remove that but I think also as you touched on that it was something even when we were in person we were sort of mindful of having not really any more than 30 or 35 Mm -hmm. people because it becomes too daunting and it's too kind of um difficult for the people that you want to attend and engage with to attend and you end up with well supporters and allies and things are great if you just have a room of those for any particular (laughs) community you sort of missed the point I think um it's like oh yeah you're all important but kind of like not the most important (laughs) um so yeah I think there there's a bit of a a bit of a balance there and but I'd still um, absolutely love to, um, yeah, do a talk 
Um, mm. Very much. We'll cross our fingers for more Emma involvement in the future. Yeah, yeah. I just need to. My time management has never been my strongest point. <laughs> uh, <laughs> ask anyone; they will agree. Uh, so yeah, it's just. But yeah, that's something I'd, I'd very much love to do. So. I know um, one of the other things we talked about previously that we were like, oh, we'll we'll follow this up next time. And, you know, here we are like a year and a half to two years later following that conversation up um, kind of awareness days and campaigns. And I think we we talked briefly about this yes. and um, I think we have like overlapping but slightly different opinions on these. Um <laughs> And there's, there's other things that I think that are really interesting conversations we talked, I believe last time we talked about kind of like trigger warnings and content warnings and things yeah, as well. And they're really interesting points, I think, to bring up and to have that open conversation where there are different preferences or different lived experience with certain terminology. And so we just feel more comfortable with. Mm -hmm. But I know, I, th I think last time I was more of an advocate for um, having trigger warnings yep. and um, while I am still that I would say the thing I've seen more recently is content warnings yes. and I think that probably fulfills the overlapping bit between what I <laughs> wanted and what you were talking about and I think if we'd have known that two years ago we would have both I think we would have both gone content warnings are great and that's better than a trigger warning um <sighs> Well, still not for you. No, 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 not at all. It's um, it's it's something I think I've well, with my very small following, um, is something I've tried to encourage content warning wise because yeah, there is a difference. Um, and a content warning can be used a lot more effectively and a lot more mm. than a trigger warning because I think, I think what I was trying to get at. I don't know how much we touched on it, but last time was... It's hard to remember two years ago conversation. <laughs> it's hard to remember about five minutes ago, to be honest. Yeah, um... yeah. I think we've done well to remember two parts of the conversation, to be it's honest. Quite, <laughs> quite impressed. Um, but it was more the fact that there have been on occasions where... So I, I use trigger warnings, especially on very particular subjects. Mm. Um, but a few people have said to me that they actually found trigger warnings worse because if you're putting the trigger warning and then you use the word alongside it they're still triggered and my response mm. was that's not what it's there for it's basically saying that the content within can be triggering because it focuses or it goes into more detail on About this subject yeah. yeah um but then there was also the other side of it where people were using it for like everything um mm. and trigger warning like everything and i just it was the the thought of society getting to a point where we felt that we need to needed to tw um life um <laughs> it's just mm. Mm. and it's like if you start doing it for one thing that you think is potentially a trigger for people um you're gonna have to do it for everything um and you're kind of just yeah putting yourself in a position where yeah everything is a trigger warning um and so yeah that's where content warnings can mm. come in a lot more handy um or even just not necessarily be putting trigger warning but just saying you know uh 
I'm trying to think of a good word to use aside from attention, but <laughs> just, you know, that, yeah, what's about to be said or what is in this article will mention X, Y, Z. Um, so, yeah, a lot, a, a lot more along the lines of a content warning, because I feel like the more trigger warning is used, the more the word trigger and triggering is used and taken yeah. the P out of as well. Um, I hate the whole thing of like, oh, oh my gosh, triggered. Um, like it's it's a legitimate term used mm. <laughs> because mm. a trigger is a legitimate thing. Ironically, speaking of awareness days as well, today is PTSD awareness day. So it's actually a good time to talk about it um, because I'm very aware of, of, of triggers um, mm. right now. Um, and, you know, I would assume a lot of your listeners know anyway but for anyone who doesn't um like yeah triggers are, are real and um you know have a massive psychological impact um and it can be you know a sound um music a place a smell a word um but it literally triggers off um a response like a lot of the time around trauma so flight or fight or flight or mm. fawn is it i always forget it was fawn um and yeah so when people just use it lightheartedly for anything and everything or because they see like i don't know coca-cola's changed its color slightly mm. and someone's like oh triggered no you're not hun um <laughs> it's mm. yeah you might be offended or a little annoyed mm. but you're not triggered by it um so yeah there we go there's my passion passion speech on that one uh <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's really, it, again i think like that's where it's really interesting and i think important to have for us to have this space to yeah. have those conversations of different insights or preferences and I think for me having seen kind of content warnings used more often I find them a slightly more friendly yeah. thing because I think the I agree with you like the 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 the, the reason for sound but but the reason I think trigger warnings are or were really important is because as you said there can be this quite severe and quite immediate sometimes um reaction that people have to certain content mm. and i think it is really important to share like actually in this story that starts off quite friendly i'm going to talk about some of the difficult things i've experienced or whatever yeah. so i think that's really important to have however the language between like trigger warning and content warning i think sort of shifts it a bit because i think the the trigger use implies like i know how this is going to infect uh, affect you whereas content warning is like just just to let you know within what i'm saying i'm going to talk about this mm -hmm. so the content warning from my point of view um is always true like i'm giving you this warning because within the thing i'm sharing is this information i'm not judging how it's going to affect you or if it's going to affect you but i'm just letting you know this stuff is in here yeah um so i quite like that it sort of removes the the judgment of how it's going to affect you um so i think that's that feels like it's why i'm preferring that terminology at the moment yeah. um it sort of removes some of that judgment and like you say there's the way the language is used is um not always the best yeah um, definitely i think that's 
hard it's harder to sort of do that at the moment around content warning. maybe because it's not used quite as widespreadly as trigger warning was for for a period there yeah, definitely i mean there's there's most definitely a time and a place for trigger warnings um mm. you know especially around everything that happened like 2020 um mm. you know with blm and stuff like there are specific posts and things that that should definitely have a trigger warning because the content or the imagery um is going to be triggering for a lot of people mm. um and that should be known and it should be out there but you you've put it perfectly in the sense that yeah content warning allows people to be like this is what it is um and then yeah you you decide whether mm. or not that is going to be a trigger for you potentially <laughs> so mm. um yeah it's i think yeah it's more along the lines of not overusing it because content will always be content so but a trigger mm. won't necessarily always be a trigger if that makes sense yeah so, yeah so. and if you're i suppose again like a personal point of view of there are times when i think i would have found certain things triggering mm. and now i'm in a a slightly better place and so i wouldn't find them triggering immediately but if i think about it too much i would <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, yeah and so you sort of put emphasis and i think you were talking about this earlier like that emphasis you're putting on the thing mm -hmm. and i think that's how i i don't know if there's a little bit of dyslexia brain in there um of how i'm interpreting those words yeah. um yeah. and it just feels like triggered is like oh be careful because this thing's here <laughs> and it's gonna set you off rather than content is like just be mindful yeah. this is in here it just it sounds different in my no head. definitely it's it's a definite like tone of voice thing for sure it's mm. um yeah i guess kind of what i think because i've seen posts before where certain words have been used and there's been no warning and although mm. it still did kind of hit me like you were saying like it was a bit more of a slow burner but mm. yeah with the word trigger ahead of it and even warning ahead of it Mm. yeah my brain immediately is like you're heightened yeah you, yeah you are yeah. you're immediately on the defensive and you're just like oh this is really going to affect me and then sometimes you can read through it and you're like oh actually yeah. that wasn't yeah. what I was expecting <laughs> um yeah so and so it's, it's also obviously knowing your audience if you kind of you have a following mm. but uh all engaging in the same kind of content and conversations um and have potentially been through similar experiences then obviously you're going to be a lot more cautious of what you're saying and what you're putting out and how you're doing mm. it um whereas yeah you know i mean one of the ones always for me um which this is my issue as well like i think that's the thing is taking ownership on certain things so mm. my arachnophobia is through the roof like it's ridiculous um and people will post like pictures of spiders and stuff on social media and I'm immediately on the defensive like oh my goodness you didn't put a content warning or a trigger warning <laughs> like please do that um but like no one has to and I apologize to mm. anyone who I have just completely tacked and done that to um because that's my thing and yeah it has affected me but that's that's not they've not done it like um intentionally um it's, it's their platform as well like 
is their account they can put up what they want and I'm sure there's stuff that I put up or say or do that people are offended by or you know affected by in some way and there's probably times where I've not considered that and this is what I was kind of starting off with originally is that we can't constantly tiptoe around everything and everyone like there are certain things where we know immediately that we're like this is going to affect a lot of people <laughs> it's like a shared a collective you know um trauma or or issue that should have a warning around it um but then yeah there's other stuff that's just it's going to be specific to different people at different times and it's so yeah it's just knowing your audience um and what you're saying and what you're doing as well but we're all and learning it's like you say it's, it's being mindful as well and i remember um I think we were both involved in this. It was years ago, uh, a Twitter chat conversation, and it was around this sort of topic. Oh, I think. And I, I remember, remember someone <laughs> mentioning, like, they particularly had a reaction to, especially at Halloween, when people shared pictures that included blood. Mm -hmm. um, and I remember thinking, oh, that's just definitely need to avoid having those pictures because they are someone that I interacted with quite regularly. Mm -hmm. um, and then I'd just like be really conscious of like any picture I ever saw mm -hmm. of like makeup with with blood in it. And I was like, all of these people aren't giving warning. And it's like, <laughs> like you said, though, it's about the people you're around as well yeah. and learning that balance, isn't it? Of there might be times when you're more mindful than others or times when you feel like this is the community or the environment I'm in. Mm -hmm. um, and having that balance and to an extent, there also has to be your own kind of responsibility to be mindful and look after yourself because you know there will be times especially if you're in a community that deals with the thing that you're struggling mm -hmm. like if you're you know really really affected by anxiety or depression and you're part of an online community or an in-person community in a space where you support each other or you talk about that you're also going to hear some people share some of their struggles yeah. and that might affect you in certain ways and it's it's kind of a group responsibility but also your own responsibility to sort of manage yourself and look after yourself in that environment yeah, 100%. so I think there is that balance to think as you said at the beginning like not just police everything yeah. but also be kind to yourself and be mindful that you know there are going to be occasions when you're open to certain things and it's like how much do I engage or not engage with that yeah. um and kind of yeah just be mindful for some of those things yeah definitely I mean because I, I remember I experienced it a lot um when when I first was going sober um and it's it's one of those things as well that obviously when you've been affected by something um like it obviously happens a lot around grief when people have just had a loss you notice like things associated with death a lot more um mm. it's not that necessarily it's there more but it's obviously in that moment it's so fresh for you and so raw that it's all you kind of see and think about um and I yeah similar thing when when I was going sober because I was really struggling with it and I felt like every time someone posted a picture of like being a pub or <laughs> with a pint mm. that mm. it was a personal attack and I was just kind of like 
can you not do that please and it's just like <laughs> no that's me basically telling people not to live their life just because I'm going through something um that I have to deal with <laughs> like um that's a really good example though isn't it because there'll be so many people that are um kind of affected by struggling with or being mindful of um maybe drinking at all mm -hmm. how much they're drinking yeah. or how it's affecting other people and yet at the same time you've got loads of other people kind of engaging in that behavior and sharing it and it's deemed societally appropriate mm -hmm. and like that's an okay <laughs> behavior for people to share yeah. um like how do you then manage that because even if you did police the community or the people that you most closely interact with unless you don't pick up a newspaper or just open any normal sort of social media um that's not your your kind of close group yeah you're gonna kind of see an image or a story that that relates to that yeah i mean okay so this is a whole this is our podcast number three for sure um because <laughs> i it blows my mind how much alcohol is still advertised like it's wild and you don't really notice it or think about it until you're not engaging in it <laughs> you're suddenly like what this is wow okay um but yeah you know and I, I'm really fortunate to have people in my life who who have been very mindful um you know especially my sister like absolutely incredible um even things like at Christmas where if someone wanted a drink and they asked me to make it for them she'd immediately be like no I'll go make it and it's just things mm. like that that you're just like wow mm. that's that's really like <laughs> someone that's on your team yeah that's... yeah that's an that's allyship that's yeah mm. and um it's things like that that just kind of open your mind a bit and make you think okay this can be easier than, than I expected it to be um so yeah mm. oh that's a really nice that's a very nice uh, anecdote there. I think uh, one of the other things, and thank you for sharing that. It's really interesting to have that, that personal insight. And definitely, I've made a note, which means we'll definitely forget. <laughs> um, that could be something we could come back and <laughs> talk about. Five years later. Um... <laughs> <laughs> um, but one of the other things as well was kind of awareness days and campaigns. Mm -hmm. And that was something we kind of touched on last time. And um, <laughs> again really interesting because I think we had different sort of points of view like understood where each other was coming from but um mm. I wonder if people haven't kind of pre-listened I guess like an intro was I think tell me if I'm wrong with this <laughs> is I was more kind of in favor and positive about them <laughs> and you were kind of more on the side that they don't not necessarily fit for purpose if that's um I may and I think, have shifted shifted a little yeah. bit okay I, I i mean a lot of the things you said were negatives i would still agree with mm -hmm. but they i think there's a balance of mm -hmm. so um so what what are your thoughts now um well i'm still very much like not the biggest ever. i think my mm. my biggest <laughs> issue is as someone who works in social media um mm. who has to try and keep the masses happy it's incredibly difficult 
when there is an awareness day every day. Um, yes. If it's not an awareness day, it's an awareness week. If it's not a week, it's yep. a month. And it just kind of gets to the point where you're a bit like, okay. Because again, a bit like with the trigger warning, content warning thing, it dilutes the really important things mm. when there's so many of them, especially when it's kind of like duplicates of stuff as well, but just slightly phrased differently or has mm. a slightly different title. Um, I think awareness days can be fantastic if they're done correctly. Um, obviously, I'm aware, and I know you are, that especially in this space, mental health awareness days or weeks, um, there are there's definitely a divide um mm. it's very much a battle these days of no why is this happening and yes this should be happening um and it's what i find actually really incredible about it is actually seeing the different opinions on each side yeah. um i'm very much now i think there was a time and again this is from my own experience my own anger towards a lot of stuff where mm. I was very much like, what is the point? Because we're not talking about the things we should be talking about. But then I kind of reached a point where I thought, well, if we're not talking about those things, then let's start talking about those things yeah, and, yeah. and use that awareness day to boost it, which is something I know you do very, very effectively. And you're actually one of the people that made me start to turn that corner a bit more. Um, so well <laughs> done, you. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I think it's that people just there's a lot of people that see them and think oh I just have to like oh it's the same as like pride month they just kind of think I have to whack a sticker on it for a short mm. amount of time and there we go the job is done and mm. I agree wholeheartedly with a lot of the debates that are happening now is that we are very much talking about mental health and we have been for quite a while now and again COVID kind of changed that narrative too um because a lot more people were experiencing you know struggles with their mental health and everything mm. and understanding it a lot more what we do need to be talking about is mental illness and mm. the support that isn't available and what can be done and what is available and what is working well um so yeah in those terms great let's keep doing it but yeah i'm kind of i'm sick of the awareness days that are kind of thrown there just to be like oh we need one too and then nothing's really done with them <laughs> like, so but you know like for example like i said today is ptsd awareness day a lot of people probably aren't aware of that um and i did a very basic post about it but it just so happened that i was doing that post anyway because it's lined up with a load of stuff that i'm currently dealing with um hmm. and it just happened to fall on this day so it's a good time to be a bit like okay i am um, kind of talking about PTSD and my experience of it um but it's also as well I think some things are hard to talk about just on mm. a day they need to be ongoing mm. things um and most of these things do but yeah that's <laughs> my <laughs> my spiel on that but I think it's really interesting because like you say we all have different lived experience as well that means we will receive that prompt of an awareness day quite differently um and i think like you like i think we're people that are aware of or have engaged with local services um and see sometimes like oh they're doing really good stuff or oh they're not like as accessible as i would like them to be 
Um, and I think there can be that challenge sometimes where people draw that comparison between uh, like an awareness day and sort of service accessibility or how are, how are things better this year than last year? Um, and that's where for me, like an, aware, an awareness day isn't about that. You've, I think you said it perfect, right? There's an almost an awareness day for everything mm-hmm. and every day will be an awareness day for something. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Okay. Like that's fine. Um, like I would interpret, or I do interpret the awareness date, they're, they're prompts. They're not, I mean, I I guess they probably start off as campaigns Mm -hmm. and sort of, if you work within kind of like a comms marketing role or, you know, you're on social media a lot, you'll see that and you'll engage in it in different ways. Um, but they're just prompts and they're used in different ways. So for some people, they're really, really important and essential prompts to access a service mm-hmm. or have a first conversation that, you know, you've really been struggling and probably for over nine or 12 months without really telling anyone. And this campaign that you happen to see might be the thing that makes you feel like it's okay to talk about this to a friend or go and access a service. So I think that's at, at the core why I, I think awareness days are still quite essential. Mm-hmm. Um, because within all of the things they do and some of them we would argue more than others that is part of it and that part I think is so important that that on its own makes me think they should exist Um, but it's how we use and interact with them and like you say there are some people that are um, further along their journey maybe not as affected or not affected at all by by illnesses or the condition that the awareness day is about and I think it's then looking at okay so how do you engage with it like rather than just saying oh there's no more services like how are you kind of campaigning or talking to like leaders within your community or your like mps or funders or talking to services about how could this be made more accessible how could there be more kind of funding for certain services Mm. um there's some amazing stuff um that we kind of see online from certain campaigners around um different services or different conditions and how the support for those is essentially inappropriate Mm. um and i think though that's the for me it's, it's a hard thing to say sometimes because you're sort of encouraging people to go if you're in a safe enough place to kind of knock awareness days then actually you're in the place where it's really important for you to engage and be proactive and make something else. Okay. They're not a prompt for you to use a service. They're a prompt for us to think about, Oh, okay. So how have I encouraged or informed people about local services or how have I tried to make them better? Um, And that's a tricky thing because sometimes people want that instant thing or don't want the responsibility of going, Oh, but I don't want to do that thing. your thing doesn't have to be a big thing it can just be sharing information about local services and just if you search the hashtag online loads of people will have already made a graphic or a tweet or a post with all the information so all you've really got to do is copy and paste it um so it doesn't have to be a big thing but by being in that space you're kind of showing that you're more willing to have those conversations and maybe a friend or a family member or a colleague might see that and feel like actually it's okay to come and have a chat with you and making certain assumptions you haven't posted that on a random Tuesday 
Um, so the awareness day still kind of fulfills that sort of prompt mm -hmm. function, I think. Um, and probably like, sure, I, I'm more than happy to see like it's National Pizza Day or something. <laughs> but those are, I'm still okay with those because those are also prompts for me. Um, <laughs> usually I see them the day after and I'm like, is it still okay to say I'm going to like do this? Like, yeah, 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 no, it's fine. Yes, it's, it's for yesterday's National Pizza Day. Um, but I think, yeah, that's that's caught sort of more my approach of like they exist as prompts yeah, and if you yeah. don't engage with the particular campaign that happens to be run by you know like a national charity mm -hmm. that's totally cool and i think that's slightly different if the focus is on a particular thing um but just the awareness day itself can fulfill a different purpose like if you're you're happy and safe enough to not need to worry about accessing the services right now yeah. um look at the other ways you can engage or support with um other campaign days that that you're less aware of i think that's that's how i kind of i don't know do or choose to i think maybe there is an element of choice because i think you do think about that especially when you hear i don't know about yourself but i think maybe sort of three years probably the year before we recorded last time which is maybe why it came up there was quite a lot of discourse around awareness days mm -hmm. <laughs> um, and a real frustration at the lack of um, investment in services or accessibility around services. Yeah. And it's like, oh, there's another awareness day where we all post something online and then like, that's it, but no one can actually access a service. And, and it's like, well, if that's still true, which it is for a lot <laughs> of people, um, then you need to kind of be proactive about mm -hmm. Don't worry about the campaign or the awareness day because you know that's just going to exist next year regardless it's not actually doing anything the thing that you want to talk about and complain about is access to the local service or find out about how do you access something locally or online or, or, or wherever and i think it's trying to drive attention in that way if that makes sense 100 percent, yeah exactly what you're saying is is spot on and i do understand there is that there's that side of it, especially like you said, if you've kind of experienced that yourself and are in a position now where, you know, you don't need all of that, then you can be that voice and that ally for mm. other people, especially if you do have a bigger platform as well and you know it's going to get seen. Um, because I have seen people in the past where I have engaged in awareness days and stuff and literally have people comment or send messages being like i never knew this existed this is really mm. interesting and it's like oh, okay so you are you're reaching people that's that's really mm. important and um yeah it's i think they are definitely needed but I, I think like we've both kind of said really is is how they're used it's, yeah and what comes from them and not just corporations being like we could make some money off it but like the whole yeah i mean i, I mean i did a big post around like blue monday this year um still trying to bring attention to mental health <laughs> but but the fact that you know blue monday is not actually it's scientifically proven <laughs> it's just yeah. a corporation thing like the amount of I, I i i have to admit it is it's more moved from sort of um uh not like what whatever a, a, a sort of minimally angry surprise is <laughs> up to like sort of minimal <laughs> sort of middle of the road anger and frustration mm. that there are people that are really like pro 
proactively like involved within well-being and mental health yeah. and kind of that community and still like talk about blue monday like it's a thing and um <laughs> i've heard people say oh we're going to do this around blue monday and uh, like <laughs> why um yeah you, you can again you can use it as a prompt mm -hmm. but as long as you're as part of that prompt saying look just to make you work like this is absolute rubbish yeah. and made up by a marketing company to sell holidays yeah <laughs> um like as long as that's part of your thing that's cool yeah. and i think that's where um is it i think it's samaritans that swapped over to, to the brew monday yeah. and then i think there's they use that a couple of times through the year but it's most prompted at the start yeah um and it's just like cool okay like i'm on board with that that's really cool because you've set up your own thing and it's basically sort of a in the face of like there was this other day that some of you are aware of and still somehow gets kind of media coverage every year as if it's a thing yeah it's like there are we've just said there are enough awareness days <laughs> like there are things that you can pick okay that aren't getting attention uh, can we can we drop off this like thing that was probably for a company that doesn't exist anymore <laughs> um absolutely ridiculous and yeah I, i've there's been a couple of times when i've been in conversation with people and just gone oh that's really interesting because um we're actually doing some comms that are really against the blue monday mm -hmm. and like are, are talking about the inaccuracies of it and that you can see in their face they're like what <laughs> <laughs> just think how are you in this space how are you aware of this day but not aware of like it's not a thing uh, just absolutely like i say middle of the road anger to frustration yeah i, I was actually <laughs> like i was sliding into people's dms this year just like oh, you should know job. better <laughs> like, <laughs> do better what the hell yeah um I, you, you never know something until you know it you know you've got to be told it for I the mean, first time the thing, but i'm just yeah. surprised sometimes that how how have you learned about this thing and not learned that it's not a thing i think is the yeah trouble in my head it's not like we've suddenly learned i don't know all elephants are pink and it's just the way your eyes work that mean you see it as great <laughs> like okay that's a bit of knowledge maybe it takes you a while to work out that's not a real thing. I just made that up. I was actually um, but... sat there for a minute then, like, <laughs> no, hang on, no, <laughs> have I missed no, something in life? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> just jump off to a very random, untrue example. I was about to go but... on Google. I'm not <laughs> go, are all elephants pink? <laughs> They're like my um, favourite animals as well, and I know so much about them, but you had me questioning. <laughs> um but yeah like if if that was true which is definitely not true um <laughs> then i can understand oh like you've learned that they're a thing and not learned this but like blue it's still a very like recent thing mm. i just don't understand how how you know it but don't know I think it. it's just it's more frustrating when it's organizations because it's mm. like you should be like you're the face of this so why are you not doing your it's just lazy marketing they're kind of like yeah oh well there's assets out there and it's it's an easy yeah, enough thing to jump someone's on. already produced this yeah all we have to do is hashtag blue monday and it's just like yeah. seriously you you just want to yeah. kind of screw people over that you're trying to help mm, just mm. because you can't be bothered to put the time in to think of something slightly different <laughs> like... i think yeah and i feel um it's not the same but there is like an adjacent um feeling around like use of pride flags during pride oh month. don't get me um, this, we can add this because, into another podcast as yeah well. <laughs> like i just there's that balance of going like cool like be engaged be proactive be supportive 
that those are all great things to do like just swapping over your logo for a month that's not just that isn't actually doing something you have to do something alongside that yeah to make that mean something yeah um, i've been in people's dms this month as well <laughs> very good very good <laughs> i'm at that point in my life where i'm like right yeah i'm just i'm not taking it anymore i am i'm going full rage and you will feel my wrath so <laughs> <laughs> oh dear yeah i think there's again i guess it's I feel like that is one where maybe some people are still learning or working out how to engage and support. Yeah. But I think what you, kind of your your sentence a minute ago, it's just kind of lazy marketing mm-hmm. um, is how it often feels, yeah. I think, and how it comes across. It's like share, I don't know, like you've supported or facilitated or you're signposting to a local service or a group or um like you've got involved with a pride event or uh, something other than like here's our logo in different colors seriously it's it's been actually really refreshing this year seeing so many people actually it's mostly been on linkedin um just straight onto these companies being like oh nice rainbow for your logo what are you doing for pride and they're like we support the community yeah but how yeah but how How do you support the community because we know by the first of july you're going straight back to your original logo and so what have you done what awareness have you raised like there is so Mm. much detrimental stuff happening right now in so many countries to so many people Mm. what are you doing to try and you know provide support for those people and and here in the uk i think that's the thing that people drop off isn't it Mm -hmm. it's like um it's really important to be considerate of you know like you say in other countries where there, there's still issues around legality in some countries and the way people are treated um but also let's not make assumptions that that doesn't still happen here oh, um and there's so much i think where there's lots of other things as well where people think like oh the uk is like, and it's like no no it's not, not <laughs> like in paper that those things are ticked off and like oh yeah we're supporting this but what is it actually like for people in communities and what is their day-to-day life mm-hmm. like? And it's not like you think it is. No, not at all. It's, um, yeah, I mean, I'm aware that this podcast will probably be going out later, but um, just currently what's happening in, in politics around people's lives and identities is just disgusting. Um, I'm sure it'll be the same in about... <laughs> Half a year anyway, the same. So yeah. <laughs> probably doesn't matter um yeah mm. you know it's yes. um, you're you're right because there's there's such a fixation on well especially america um because mm. it's it's what is so blown up like in the in the news and stuff but mm. yeah the stuff that happens uh yeah closer to home is um mm. it's absolutely awful mm. Well, that was a real downer, wasn't it? <laughs> it is. So I feel like um, I've also no- just suddenly noticed we're quite over our, our, our agreed time. Um, <laughs> so uh, not a massive surprise, but I'm mindful of that. I think um, one thing I think it'd also be nice, like it's obviously been a period of time since we spoke mm-hmm. last time, um, but are there things at the moment that are kind of helping you kind of keep wow or positive or just generally supporting your well-being that you're happy to share 
Yes. Um, I never thought I was going to be this person, but here we are. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm ready now. (laughs) Oh, it's like the worst. I can like partly hate myself, but love myself. Um, Well, no, so I've, I've gone back to sobriety, which is, has always been a massive thing for me. Um, It's probably been the biggest thing actually that's helped me uh, continue. I don't want to say I'm recovered. I'm not. Um, I think it's one of those things I probably never will be and that's fine Um, but I can learn to adapt and deal with things in a much better way Um, but yeah so sobriety has been the biggest and best thing also coming up to I think two and a half months smoke free which Mm. I never ever thought I would ever do in my life Um, and it's been an absolute game changer, obviously, because smoking's really bad for you. Um, who'd have thought? Uh, <laughs> but um, no, that's been absolutely huge. Like the, yeah, the energy, just being able to breathe, which is really nice. Um, and, and smell stuff and taste stuff. That's it. Like strawberries have been my thing <laughs> this summer. Just they taste so good. So, so good. Um and yeah, obviously it's helped with like my sleep and stuff. But uh, a thing, <laughs> a big thing for me recently has been um, exercise, um, which <laughs> I know, wild, isn't it? You know, how many people talk about how great exercise. No, so to be fair, I've always engaged in some form of exercise. Um, I'm a swimmer. Um, I used to dance. Um, and then I got diagnosed with arthritis and things did become quite a bit harder but I was also not looking after myself wasn't eating well was drinking was smoking um and as you know science all these things kind of go hand in hand (laughs) and (laughs) make you feel not so good and have less energy um but I've been seeing a health and well-being coach um who has been incredible and for many many years I struggled with eating and diet so I was terrified about uh, looking at how I'm eating and also considering getting into a bit more exercise um, but it turns out she's been incredible and has helped me do it in a really healthy helpful way where I'm not fixating on it where it's not a case of I'm you know counting things or obsessing over what I'm eating and when I'm eating it or how much I'm exercising I am literally I think the first time in my life well since I was a child at the prime age of 35 um I feel like I'm living and I feel pretty darn good and I'm enjoying it I'm enjoying food I'm enjoying getting out and doing exercise and going to the gym and paddleboarding and having energy and yeah it's it's been a wild year because I've been really really ill this year actually um and COVID nearly got me in hospital but um since then yeah turned it all around and it's mind body and soul has been fantastic so yeah completely different to the last time we spoke oh that's amazing thank you for sharing all that it's yeah it feels like you're um doing a lot of those hard journeys oh yeah um, all at the same time as well <laughs> yeah yeah I don't want to say that but yeah yeah <laughs> you're really going for oh it. yeah um, I'm an all or nothing kind of person. <laughs> <laughs> but I think just like you say that 
change of feeling more more healthy more able like more able to breathe more able to live i think is is really helpful and i think um yeah really interesting i think if we remember to come back to next time some of those things that are like really not great for our health and are somehow put across as like almost like core social things that you should be doing yeah quite strange that's not like a an added option like we can all choose to go bowling um <laughs> but we don't need to be showing it on every tv program yeah um yeah, definitely. yeah it's just a very strange way to put some aspects <laughs> of behavior across i think um i think but no, changing jobs thanks. helped as well that was a big thing um <laughs> but um <laughs> it's having the space isn't it i guess the environment for you to feel yeah a certain level of i guess safety to be able to oh it was terrifying it was make those changes <laughs> absolutely terrifying but um yeah it's it's been a massive massive thing um and yeah okay so so much to the point where i'm i say that i haven't gone like exercising mad but um i've signed up to do the half marathon next year um Ooh. and i don't run <laughs> I don't even run for a bus or if I'm in danger. Um, I will power walk. But yeah, so yeah. It's a good distance to power walk. <laughs> I regret my choices. Um, yeah. But I love a challenge. Don't worry about it now. That's something to worry about near the time. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe next time we speak, I would have hopefully smashed it. And um, yeah. Yes. Oh. Oh, that'll be amazing. That sounds really cool. Yeah. <clears throat> Definitely something to work towards as well. You've got time. Yeah. You've got time to work towards it. Don't be don't be one of those people that leaves it until the last No, month. I mean I, I've technically <laughs> already always started. Yeah. Every everything oh, I'm doing right now, I'm kind of slowly building up because my you know, where I have arthritis and stuff, I'm currently working on building up my muscle and you know, mm. making my joints a bit a bit stronger. So Oh amazing. Yeah. Oh, gosh who is go. this person we, we got to a lovely positive <laughs> point there um thank you so much for for sharing all of that if people want to find out a little bit more about you emma mm-hmm. or see some of the things we've mentioned different projects and campaigns kind of briefly there and some of the things that you're doing as well yeah. if they wanted to find out more about you where are the kind of the websites or the social media places that they can go to find you best place to find me these days is on trusty old instagram um so I'm at Red Silver Mountains. Um, that's also the same on Facebook. I kind of ran away from Twitter, uh, which I think most people are starting to do now. Uh, <laughs> so I'm not really on there as much. But Instagram is my my little creative safe haven, my go-to. So easiest to find me there. Amazing. Thank you so much for, for giving up some time this evening and for, for sharing everything you have. And I, I look forward to hopefully <laughs> at some stage we'll, we won't just be in the background of each other's pictures. Oh we'll gosh. actually be somewhere. <laughs> Thank you so much for inviting me back. It was so out of the blue and lovely. And I'm yeah, so here for it. Oh, no, it's really nice. I think um, there's a couple of people that are like, oh, there are overflowing things that I want to talk to these people about. <laughs> I can't remember where the conversations were or if there were conversations before, but I know there are things I want to talk about and <laughs> I need to arrange these. So I'm really glad we were able to, um, you're great. <laughs> like, yeah, I can do that. Um, <laughs> I've not got great date flexibility. So <laughs> the offers are quite a restricted offers. Often. So <laughs> thank you for being available and, and for sharing. <laughs>
These are not real people. They do have struggles. And it starts to get on my nerves. I just shut down. So many people suffer from mental illness. To get the word out that men have got to start talking. A lot of people don't understand the depth of the situation, so they can appreciate, yeah. It's difficult dealing with our minds, and the suicidal thoughts were back. People knew that there was something not right, but they just never really said anything or probably felt like it wasn't their place to say anything. You're not depressed, it's, it's all in your head. That's probably the statement I've had people say the most. I mean, this, this, this shit is real and it's hard, it's exhausting. Sometimes you need somebody to just give you permission. And I think people realise how helpful that one conversation can be just to figure out why you are feeling the way you are. Not only did this help me to write it, it potentially might have helped some other people as well. So it sort of started from there. People just want to know that they're, they just want to know that they're safe to talk and share these things. So many people think they're alone. And then you hear other people talk about it and they think, oh, that's, you know, that's so brave or I could relate to that. Um, and then they want to talk about it.